And I am Sean. And this is the What's Next podcast. And we're the guys from the Six Months Behind podcast bringing it to you. And this week we're talking about the Age of Ultron. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I am well. Once again, I have learned something. I have. We, we make these mental notes of like, you know, let's go back and do this series. And we'll be like, okay, I know it's good. I don't remember why. I just know it's good. And then I like get into it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this was real good. So there you go. Yeah. And Age of Ultron was one of those that I enjoyed at the time it came out. But because it came out shifted, and when I say shifted, I mean Bendis had it written. They just hadn't gotten around to publishing it because I don't know why. I forget why. But essentially when they published it, it took place at a later time. And so it kind of screwed, like if you were just reading Marvel Comics off the stand at the time, you were all kinds of confused about what was happening when and where and who with who and all that. Yeah, it's, it's really confused because if you read Age of Ultron, it's it's one thing. If you go and read some of the tie-in books, like there was a Superior Spider-Man tie-in book. And at that point, he's not Peter Parker as he is in the Teenage of Age of Ultron. He's Dr. Octopus in Peter Parker's body. So it's just two totally different right. Spider-Man. And if you're not reading this at all and you get that issue of Spider-Man because you're reading Spider-Man regularly, you're super confused. Yeah, it's right. just all jacked up, man. Or it's, it's, if you're like us, yeah. you'll go and read whole runs. So you go read Superior Spider-Man and you get to that issue. You're like, what the heck is this? And you have no yeah. idea that it, well, actually, I guess from the cover, you would know it ties in. But um, before we really get into it, do you want to give uh, listeners who maybe don't really know who Ultron is or only know who Ultron is from the less than stellar movie performance? Do you want to explain who he is? Okay, first off, I thought the movie was pretty good. The movie's good, but Ultron is one of those villains that he needs the same buildup that Thanos had, or one similar to it, but he's introduced in a single movie and done away with in the less than two hours. And to me, it doesn't give you enough time to learn what Ultron and who Ultron is to make him feel threatening. Don't get me wrong. Of the five Avengers movies... One, two, three, four, and Captain America Civil War. Yeah. It is by far the worst of the five. Sure. But that's like saying my porterhouse steak wasn't very good because it was just slightly undercooked. Okay. You can't screw up a porterhouse steak. It's still good. Right. No, it, I, it's still a good movie. I enjoy it just fine. I just feel like it was not the best use of a villain who is the top tier of the Avengers rogues gallery. Sure. Absolutely. Ultron was created back in the sixties by Hank Pym, who was basically toying around with artificial intelligence and what it what, And we're going to discuss this during the book. What happened was not only did he create a artificial intelligence, but he created a self-learning, self-replicated artificial intelligence that quickly uh, uh, developed a complex about Hank Pym because he was his father. 
and quickly became smarter than everyone else. And the Avengers have continually fought him over the years. And Ultron has continually improved to the point that where this is the climactic battle with Age of Ultron. At this point, I don't even know where he is at this point after uh, our most recent um, Infinity Wars. Infinity Wars, because, you know, Hank Pym, I guess, died in the Soul Stone. I don't really know, but he was separated from Ultron. But Yeah, I, I don't know. And I really wish they hadn't done that because the whole Hank Pym Ultron thing is super cool. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to Six Months Behind because at some point, Hank Pym and Ultron are merged into one being and it takes a frightening villain and just cranks it up to 11. He's we'll discuss terrifying. at the end of this because that's, yeah. that's what becomes an Ultron after this issue or after this event, I should say. So Ultron was created by Hank Pym. Ultron then wanted as Hank, Hank Pym created him as a fighter figure. He then wanted to turn around and create a son, which became division. The problem is division immediately rebelled against his programming and you know it was on from there yeah it becomes the vision that you and i know today yeah so yeah that's that's a very very short ultron history yeah and understand he, ultron has a body that he continuously upgrades but ultron the body is just a vehicle for the programming that is ultron the thing that makes ultron scary is he can be literally anywhere all the time Yes, it can be in anywhere, in any piece of technology all the time. And he can be in any of them all the time. He can be literally everywhere. And that's yeah. kind of the premise of this of this story is Ultron is everywhere and Ultron's destroyed the world. Yeah, and let's, let's just dive into it. Um, and the, the first thing I have is a point of confusion because if you go to Wikipedia, if you read this, my understanding is it takes place in Earth 616. Okay, that's that's how I read it. If you go to Wikipedia, it says it takes it or it takes place in Earth 61,111 and 61,112. So, I, if you read the tie-ins, you're really struck with the fact that it's in Earth 616. But I don't know. I, I don't know. And my guess is the way it ends, it technically never happened. So it's like those other alternate universe or alternate future universes like Age of Apocalypse or whatever, mm. or House of M, where it never really took place. It did, but then they changed it. I forget exactly how this ends, but either way, Age of Ultron technically never happened. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about how it ends. Okay. Um, well, it did, but it didn't. Right, they do. The, the, the group of heroes that were involved remember it, but everyone else doesn't. Right, because of the way it gets changed at the end, if I remember correctly. Right, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this book doesn't. There's no build up. There's no nothing. You. This book opens to a post pop, post apocalyptic world where Ultron has defeated the heroes, def defeated everyone, and has taken over the world. And Hawkeye is on a mission to what we've learned is to save Spider-Man. 
And when he saves him, he's immediately beaten up by Luke Cage, Hawkeye is, because Cage told him if he left, not to come back. And we find our heroes hidden in the sewer. That's And it's like Iron Man, Peter Parker, Emma Frost, She-Hulk, Luke Cage, uh, Wolverine, a very beaten down Captain America, maybe a few others. Yeah, but Beast, Beast is there too. Yeah, that's about it. And they come up with a plan in issue two to send Luke Cage and the She-Hulk, who are the two strongest people there is, into Ultron's center headquarters, for lack of a better term, which is the heart of New York City, or Brooklyn, I think. And just, just one's going to turn the other in as a captive, and then they're going to try and get to jump on Ultron. They do this, but it doesn't go very well because um, what they realize is that Ultron isn't in this reality. He's in the future controlling the past. So Jennifer Walters dies buying Luke Cage time to escape, and Luke Cage is uh, nuked. Luke Cage is nuked, actually, to try and prevent him from um, escaping. And the Avengers think, well, crap, we need to regroup. So they decide to head to one of Fury's secret bases in the Savage Land, where they find who else but Nick Fury. About the same time, there's there's a couple of few other heroes scattered around the United States. Uh, Black Widow and Moon Knight are in San Francisco. Uh, the Taskmaster and the Red Hulk are in Chicago. And they all wind up doing the same thing, which is, you know, figuring that Fury's base in the Savage Land is the only place left to go. So they all retreat there. And they realized that plan didn't work. So what they're going to do is they're going to send all the heroes, the strongest heroes into the future to find an Ultron and defeat him there. And they're going to do this by Nick Fury, of course, having Dr. Doom's time machine there in the bunker. Actually, he's got a lot of stuff in, in the bunker. He's got like a an ultimate nullifier. Um, he's got the time machine. He's got all kinds of cool stuff, which when you read um, Secret Sin, you realize why he has these things. But anywho, so secret, what now? secret sin, original sin, original sin. Yes. Okay. I was like, secret Whoa, I don't sin, know about secret that. Secret war, original sin, original war. No, it gets confusing. They and, all run together. Yeah. 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 But so, original sin is where you realize Nick Fury's prepared for every contingency ever. Yes. Because he's been the man on the wall. And if you don't know what that is, go read original sin. So, um, it doesn't work. And let me let me pause here a second. Brian Michael Bendis and Brian Hitch wrote and, and drew this. Brian Hitch drew the first five or six issues. And particularly when you get to issue two, there's there's a lot of pages with no words, simply Brian Hitch's art. And this book is simply gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, he he did the um the ultimate series with Mark Millar. He did some other series. This book is just, it's just amazing. And it's his type of storytelling because you have these big, massive cities that are controlled by Ultron and Brian Hitch is able to draw those and make them relatable for you. So it's really cool. So anywho, while they go to the future, 
there's a few heroes left behind there in case everything goes wrong. And Wolverine's like, nah, I'm going to go in the past and kill Hank Pym and that'll fix all this. So turns out Sue Storm is there with him and she winds up going with Wolverine into the past to kill Hank Pym, which Wolverine does. He goes into the past, he kills Hank Pym. Only problem is when he gets back to what he believes is his Earth, which becomes Earth 61111, things aren't better. They're a whole lot worse in that um, Tony Stark is in this ongoing fight with Morgan LeFray, and it's basically a technology magic war. And the Avengers aren't there. They're the mighty defenders. And some of our heroes are there and some aren't. And it's just really a jacked up world. And what happens is Tony Stark, and all this takes place over several issues, downloads with the help of Professor Xavier and Emma Frost, he actually downloads uh, Susan Storms and Wolverine's memories. And when he downloads them, he realizes, oh my God, I'm in a mess. Because I'm not just in a mess here, but I'm in a mess there and everywhere. So Tony Stark says, okay, here's how you beat Ultron and you need to go back and undo what you did. Okay. So they again hop in the hidden time machine and they go back to that moment when Hank Pym is confronting uh, or is about to create Ultron and Wolverine is there about to kill him. And then the other Wolverine, it says in Storm, if this sounds confusing, there's actually a scene or, or a, a panel on a page where Hank Pym is just sitting there looking at everyone. Just thinking, okay, I don't know you. I don't know you. I know you, but you're really old. So I'm just completely confused. And he's just sitting there waiting for everyone to argue it out as the two Wolverines argue about whether or not they were going to kill him and what, how not to kill him. So eventually they decide not to kill him and give Hank Pym Tony Stark's answer to this problem. And Hank Pym is like, well, okay, I think I can do that. And I think it will be fixed this problem, this problem, this problem, and this problem. But the problem is I remember doing it. They were like, yeah, we had a solution for that too. So after he does everything, they mind wipe him so that he doesn't remember what he did. So <laughs> that that's, uh, that's the first synopsis of the that first nine issues, which brings us to issue 10 which is really where this thing gets good. And I'm going to pause just a moment while I open that up. If you have any comments, feel free to inject them now. Yeah, because eventually... Go ahead. Eventually what happens is Wolverine's forced to kill his past self? No, let me think. The present, the, the real Wolverine kills the Wolverine from Earth 61111 because he he remembers that world and doesn't want to remember it and doesn't want our Wolverine knowing it or remembering it. It gets okay. confusing. You and I have argued about which of those Wolverines died there. Yeah, and I know we have, and it's been so long since I've really read this that I forget exactly what the and even now discussing it it's confusing the the way you know and, and this is how i kept track of them is our wolverine wears the uniform 
of the new X-Men, the Grant Morrison style uniform. Yeah, he wears the updated all, uniform. Right, all the way through the series. Whereas the other Wolverine kind of changes uniforms two or three times, which is what makes it confusing. But the the Wolverine who starts out in Earth 616 and winds up in Earth 616 stays in night costume the entire time. That's how I managed to keep him straight this time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if everyone is thoroughly confused, so this series opens with Hank Pym sitting at his computer working and there's a knock at the door and he's like, yeah, go away. I'm busy. And there's the, the knock continues. And finally he goes and opens it and it says, play me and play me right now. So he plays it and it's a VCR tape of himself telling him that on this specific date at this specific time, he received this tape and he is supposed to do this. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So at that point, we cut to the Avengers who are, and this is uh, Bendis's new Avengers, who are finding the intelligentsia who have found some alien artifact that they want to investigate. The alien artifact is really Ultron, who is kind of in an Easter egg to plant himself in all the technology of the world. Yeah. So um, Pim calls Stark, start like, dude, I'm busy. Okay, I know you're busy. You got to listen to me. Stark's like, I'm really busy. Okay. Really busy here fighting an Ultron. He's like, yeah, you got to listen to me. Okay. And what they explain to him is that when they, when, when Wolverine, Wolverine and Storm went back in time, the second time they created a self-replicating virus that would destroy Ultron, but only when Hank Pym activated it and only when they wanted to. Because had he done it before then, he would have wrecked the timeline up to that point. So if he, needed, you know, if, he, if he destroys them too soon, you don't get the vision. You don't get everything that they wanted up to that exact point. So what right. he had to do was destroy Ultron right then. Yeah, at the right specific time. Right. And it was, and there's some gorgeous art in this 10th issue by Carlos Pacio. Pacio? Um, mm. Really good, man. And it takes all the Avengers and Hank Pym's coding and everything to wipe him out. And they do it. And by that time, Wolverine and Susan Storm are flying in from uh, the Savage Land because they've stolen one of Nick Fury's flying cars through this whole thing. And they're like, everything's cool. Go see your kids. I'm going to go get drunk and then sleep for a few days. Except as they're doing it, what there's this event and the event is spread out over six pages. You see Wolverine experiencing all of his various lifetimes from old man, Logan to the, the young Wolverine to everything. Age you of see, apocalypse, all of it. Yeah. You see Tony um, Stark going through all the, the ages of his armor. There's a, there's a panel where he's talking to Sue storm. And just as he finishes the sentence, the panel is fashioned to look like glass breaking. And then you get this sequence where it's, it's like all the alternate universes are happening all at once. Yes. And when all that's over, and it's, it's like six pages. That's really cool. And one of those earlier issues, they're discussing the fact that, and I think it's the, the Tony start from six, one, 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 one that is telling Sue and, and, 
Logan, you can't just keep jumping around in the timeline, okay? Eventually, bad things are going to happen. And we cut to Hank Pym, uh, Tony Stark, and Reed Richards standing there, and they're like, yeah, we broke time. Yeah, we, we've really screwed up this time because we broke the time-space continuum. And the immediate rep, rep, repercussion of this is the Earth-616 Galactus goes to Earth-1610 who has never known him before, but he goes there, which, dude, I think he wrecks, I forget the name of the ultimate event, but he wrecks most of their Earth before they defeat him. But what really happens, and um, the other thing that happens is Angela is brought over from her image world into yeah. the 616 universe. I forget what the like backstory of that is, but essentially she existed as a creation of image comics, but Marvel got the rights to her or she had been in Marvel comics at one point, the creator took her to image somehow by some, some loophole. And then they were bringing her back. I forget exactly what it was, but there was a whole like legal thing and it allowed her to be back in the Marvel comics. Right. So they brought, they reintroduced her. Right. She, she was, a creator owned property that I either went from image to Marvel or Marvel to image to Marvel. So now she's back here in the Marvel universe and is not happy about not being in her universe, by the way. Now, uh, two things here. Um, this whole series sets the precedent for um, what we discussed a, a few episodes of going what's next which is, and depending on what order they posted, it may be the most recent episode, which is um, Jonathan Hitman's run on Avengers, New Avengers, and Secret Wars, because where they break time here, the repercussions are felt all the way through those series. Right. This is the, the, the pebble. In the, right. Yeah, it's the pebble in the water that creates the ripple effect that is that event where literally every universe in the multiverse dies. Yes, it, it, this is the breaking of the time-space continuum that leads to all of that. And as we discussed in those episodes, uh, which are available now in the archive, uh, they are, dude, they're, they're amazing. I mean, this was just, this is Bendis and Hickman. Okay, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's Bendis and Hickman, arguably at their very best. So... This is a great read. Just look up Age of Ultron in your um, under the books, and you'll find it. You, it's actually there was a comic event, but there's a bunch of one shots, and I read two or three of them, and they serve absolutely no purpose in the main storyline. Yeah, no. I would stick to the mainline comics, the ten, ten or what is it, ten or twelve issues? I think ten, it's ten issues. issues. Yeah, it's ten. And issues. then there's well, there's there's a epilogue. There's like two epilogue books. The epilogue books are how we go from. Ultron being dead to Pimtron. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how that happens. How Ultron uh, resurrects himself and becomes Pimtron. And and you're right, man. Pimtron just over the last six years has been one of the coolest characters around. And I feel like they really didn't do enough with him. You know, they didn't. They did a lot in uh in Secret War. No, they did a lot in Secret Empire with him. Yeah. Because Pimtron kind of held like 
Alaska and Canada and a few others, and the Avengers had to go up there and negotiate with him. And there's like this one whole issue during Secret Empire where they're up there negotiating with him, and it's totally cool. But I still feel like the best was, and I forget, I think it's just a couple of issues of Avengers where he comes, he's lost in space and he comes back to Earth. And it's the first time they discover that Hank Pym and Ultron have merged together and they can't tell who's who. Yeah, was that in uh it was was that in Uncanny Avengers, maybe? I think it might have been, but it's like you know, and, and you really understand that both Hank Pym and Avengers are existing together in this one body, and sometimes Hank is in charge and sometimes Ultron is in charge. Yeah, and what eventually happens is is Hank's personality is trying to keep Ultron in check. And it's it's a it's a split personality thing and and Hank is doing his best to maintain control. Right. And eventually he loses it, but Ultron at that point figures out how to manipulate the Hank Pym side of himself to look and sound like Hank Pym. And and so it becomes really confusing. And you'll have it's like when he's Hank Pym, you'll see just flashes of Ultron in him. And when he's Ultron, you'll see flashes of Hank of Hank Pym in him. And the whole thing is unsettling and disturbing. Yeah. And they do this whole two face thing with him, which is really cool. Also. Yeah. It, it was one of Marvel's coolest villains in a long time. Absolutely. Anyway, that's age of Ultron. If you want to communicate us about, with us about it, you can go to the website at www.sixmonthsbehind.com. You can also email us at six months behind, uh, at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at six months behind. And that's it. And we will see you in the next episode. Maybe we'll do a pin drawn episode. Maybe we will. Or maybe we'll do the, um, yeah, I think we do. And I think we also need to do the one where Galactus tries to eat the, the ultimate universe. Yeah. That's really cool. That that is cool. I agree. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye.